ever happened to the old saying, a rising tide raises all boats? Or the Three Musketeers motto, all for one and one for all? Or even e pluribus unum, out of many, one? Where did that mindset go? Over the course of the last few years, I've been increasingly concerned about the growth of a zero-sum mentality that has pervaded much of our society. It is the idea that there is a finite amount of almost anything. It implies that your gain is my loss, or vice versa. That if certain social groups get more resources, then my social group gets less. That in a negotiation, if one party gains, the other must lose. We are losing the ability to care for and work for one another to the benefit of all. And we see this zero-sum game played out in the religious world. A church's success is judged by the numbers of people who attend because the people in that church are not in another church. The other churches in town lose. We see this played out in politics. A political party or group succeeds only when they can get something over on another group. We are going to enact this law and you can't do anything about it. We win, you lose. And we're even beginning to see this played out in our day-to-day lives in these days of isolation and pandemic. We become fearful and protective, drawing our resources close around us. We hoard toilet paper and hand sanitizer and peanut butter and Clorox wipes. We become small and small-minded, focusing on our own well-being. And that's rightly so, given the nature of this infernal virus. We must do what we can to protect ourselves and our families. But how can we avoid seeing everything in this light, this dim, cold light? Paul gives us a hint in his letter to the Philippians. We don't really know what was going on between Euodia and Syntyche, but whatever it was, it was bad enough for Paul to call them out by name. And whatever it was, Paul feared it would spread throughout the whole congregation. So he reminds them of the importance of fellowship and sharing of the Spirit and looking to the interests of others. He urges them to remember who they are, followers and imitators of Christ Jesus. 
whose grace was radically offered to everyone, tax collectors, prostitutes, chief priests, scribes, and they were all beholden to one another. There is an African philosophy you may have heard of called Ubuntu. It is often translated as, I am because we are. I am because we are. Archbishop Desmond Tutu spoke of it in his 1999 book, No Future Without Forgiveness. He said, a person with Ubuntu is open and available to others, affirming of others, does not feel threatened that others are able and good, based from a proper self-assurance that comes from knowing that he or she belongs in a greater whole and is diminished when others are humiliated or diminished, when others are tortured or oppressed. That's what I urge us all to consider as this terrible year grinds on. Let us be who we really are, to try as hard as we can not to let the fear and despair and uncertainty make us small and hard. Let us always be sustained by our faith in God through Christ Jesus. This is the will of God. We learn it from Jesus himself in John chapter 6, verse 40. This is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son, Jesus, standing there, speaking there, hanging there from the cross, and believes in him, may have everlasting life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Jesus' grace doesn't come in the form of a pie. When you slice a pie, no matter how thin or thick you slice it, eventually you run out of pie. Anyone left over doesn't get a slice of the pie. Not so with the grace of God in Jesus Christ. You see, God has no concept of zero-sum theory. There is no finite amount of faith in the world. There is no finite amount of love in the world. And there is no finite amount of grace in the world. In today's gospel, we see the tax collectors and prostitutes juxtaposed against the chief priests and the religious elders. But when Jesus makes his final point about getting into the kingdom, he doesn't say the tax collectors and prostitutes get in and you priests and elders don't. He says because of their faith, the tax collectors and prostitutes will get in before the priests and elders. The priests and elders will get in eventually when they come to their senses, 
and realize that the kingdom doesn't function as a zero-sum entity. Remember, God has no concept of zero-sum theory. The idea of Ubuntu implies this deep sense of community, of collaboration, of mutual responsibility. And for us as Christians, even now, we most often find God in community with others. Sometimes our community is with those we know and love. Other times our community is with those we may or may not know or love. Either way, if we pay attention, we find that God is still there. Why? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said it pretty well. God loves human beings. God loves the world. Not an ideal human, but human beings as they are. Not an ideal world, but the real world. What we find repulsive in their opposition to God, what we shrink back from in pain and hostility, namely real human beings, the real world. Bonhoeffer says, this is for God the ground of unfathomable love. I am because we are. We are because God is. Thanks be to God. Amen.